0: Welcome to Startup to Scale, a podcast by Food Foodbevy. I'm your host, Jordan Buckner. Join me as I talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned industry experts, and everyone in between as we unlock the keys to growing from startup to scale. Hey, everyone. On today's episode, I'm super excited to have on Erica and Kristen, who are the co-founders of Heart and Highland a full digital marketing ecosystem agency to help you build your brand and your customers. So Erica and Kristen, I'd love for you just to give a quick introduction of yourselves and uh, what you do.
1: Yes, I'll jump right in. I'm Kristen. Um, I'm one of the co-founders of Heart and Highland. I'm sitting next to lovely Erica, my other co-founder. Um, and at Heart and Highland, we really focus on, as you mentioned, the full digital marketing ecosystem. So that's creative, it's strategy, it's, you know, your marketing launch plan. It's like all of those things that really come together to give you a strong presence, especially if you're a direct-to-consumer brand. Um, and we really kind of focus our business in three areas, digital marketing, which I mean, everything's digital marketing, but like we call it digital marketing and it would be SMS, email marketing, web dev, paid ads. And then we have our organic social team, which is just that organic social, it's running accounts, it's keeping up to date with trends, memes, all of that great stuff. It's community engagement, it's community management. And then we have our creative and influencer team. So full influencer marketing campaigns creator programs, and then also full photo video, you know, like high touch production in-house, and then campaigns, concepts, and that. And so we really focus in on all those areas. Um, We have partners that focus in on like PR or branding, those other specialties, but we love to be in that middle stage. We always like to say we want to work with brands who they know who they are, and we help other people find out who they are.
0: So I want to talk about that because, um, you know, it gives good context into your experience and your background across all marketing for some of the topics that we're going to get into next. So the first thing is there's been a lot of, you know, concern from founders on the iOS 14 and 15 changes. Um, can you give just like, you know, quick overview of what those changes are and how you've seen that affect your business, your client's business?
2: Yeah. I- I mean, at the high level, the, the biggest change is a lower uh, window of attribution for retargeting purposes is some of the area that we're tackling most and we're talking about some of these updates. So for us, what it means is looking at um, you know, your revenue from a holistic perspective and not necessarily saying this channel did this, this channel did that, and saying, okay, from this point of view, we're going to expand the viewpoint. So it means don't just rely on one place for, your, for what's going to work. Um, we're expanding that and saying, let's lean into first party data so that we're not just saying we're going to connect with our our customer base on a third party platform that we don't own, such as, you know, your social media platforms. While all of those things are so important, um, we really do develop the our our efforts and campaigns to be that holistic perspective of we're creating awareness from our digital ads to grow first party data, then to nurture them through email and through SMS, and then continue that conversation on social. So it's it's this holistic perspective and looking at revenue and what's working from that perspective mm-hmm. um, and knowing that it, it's the strongest play to have multiple levers to pull versus just relying on one thread, one channel. You know-
0: one thing I was going to bring up to is that it's, it's good that you have this holistic perspective. Um, one thing though that I've heard a lot of founders get advice on is to really focus on like one or two channels to start because otherwise they'll do a lot of things poorly or their audience isn't there. So how do you kind of recommend brands manage that tension between going really deep on like one or two channels versus having a more uh, holistic view?
1: I, I mean, my thoughts. I'm actually really interested in your thoughts because this is more your realm. But um, my thoughts are like, truly, uh, we we agree with that strategy when you're talking about social, right? Like, maybe you're a small brand, and you know, Instagram and TikTok alone takes so much energy. And maybe you're seeing the best results on one platform. Don't, I mean, I don't know if I can swear, but don't half-ass it. You know what I mean? Like, really go all in on that one platform when it's social. At the end of the day, though you do not own Instagram. You do not own your Instagram account. You do not own your relationship with your audience on Instagram. So having that first party data, email, SMS, and also then the zero party data that comes later that can support that, which is like direct conversations with your customers. Those are vital, vital to your long-term success. And so having an omni-channel strategy is important. It doesn't mean you literally have to be on every single thing, right? Like, but I would really say that's, in my opinion, more of a social focus. I do feel like you need to have at least email or SMS, right? Mm -hmm. Like one of the two, preferably both. You need to have these direct relationships with your consumer, but you also need to have a presence on social. So I don't think that you should cut out, you know, some of these like vital key important things for modern brands, because truly I will say too, like, Times have changed. Omnichannel is very important. I think we used to be in a place where it was like, oh yeah, like you have this great presence on Instagram. Great. And then the algorithms changed. And then people really got that shock of like, oh shit, like I don't own this. They can do whatever they want. You know what I mean? Like they could fully, my audience could disappear overnight and it's hugely important that I have access to them somewhere else and can create that direct relationship.
2: So, yeah, I I fully agree. I was going to say the same thing. It's it for me it's more about your social channels and maybe maybe some other peripheral areas that are what I consider a bit like icing on the cake. Like, you know, you wouldn't you need the foundation of your um sort of your funnel and your flow to develop those those uh, relationships through email and through SMS. Um, but you wouldn't necessarily, if you didn't have a way to reconnect with somebody like having a proper sign-up form or opt-in, it wouldn't really be the best move to go out and get a ton of PR to send them to a place that then they, you know, see it great, but the truth is, and as a lot of us know, it takes multiple touch points for a, for a consumer to take action or to, to, you know, take note of a brand, like at least seven. And so you want to have that opportunity to take advantage of whatever investment in time you've made, whether it be PR or, you know, other types of advertising. So we consider it more like your baseline foundation to have those things set up. And then like Kristen mentioned, it's a matter of the social channels that I would say, you know, you want to start with some of the, ba- the, the most important ones right now for our clients are Instagram and TikTok are, are honestly the two primary, um, we for, really, organic. for organic purposes. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, we kind of will start dabbling further into we love Pinterest, especially it's a it's a visual search engine. Yeah. It's really wonderful. It's a great place to be. But again, like you said, sometimes with um, emerging brands, founder, founder, um, managed marketing um, departments, there's only so much time you can, you know, yeah. you know, do that. In the so day. I want to
0: ask about Um, personalization because we've been hearing for the past like 30 years, right? This idea that eventually we'll be able to talk one-on-one with customers. And I feel like we're finally at that point with SMS where you're like literally on someone's phone, Mm -hmm. which is a very much a individualized relationship. Um, Mm But I feel like a lot of people, a lot of brands are really screwing it up, right? They're sending out these like mass texts to everyone. It feels Mm -hmm. like the text version of telemarketers, you're like, yes, I signed up for you once, but I don't need you like, and my text every single day. So how do you recommend brands like manage that tension of reaching their customers at a kind of really personal level on their text messages, but not coming off spammy?
2: Yeah, we've approached this a couple of ways. And one thing, like Krista mentioned earlier, the zero party data is helpful to understand the preferences and interests of your consumer. Give them that room. They don't have to choose, but to be able to start that flow earlier on is always going to be beneficial. And that's basically when somebody's going to sign up, they're able to sort of talk about what their interests might be. Um, in addition to that, really avoiding it being all about sales when it comes to SMS. Um, I would say the two things that we find are most effective is MMS, which is your image-based um, messaging versus just text, because it's gonna stand out a lot more. and a value-based messaging. So something like a recipe an astrology, uh, like, like what's happening in astrology for this person or, um, other things like that that aren't related. It's more related to the brand culture and value. And you're giving something versus asking for the sale. And then you're finding the right time. It's really similar to email. We recommend the same thing. You can't always be asking for the sale or like your social, it's gotta be, you're giving value. There's a reason that they believe that you care about them and that they're able to come back and think of you when it is time for that product that you offer. That's so special.
1: Yeah. I think it's really like a good way to think about it too, is SMS is kind of for more urgent time sensitive campaign focused. Um, type of messages and as well as like, make sure you're segmenting. Right. So if you have someone, if you have the type of SMS where they can reply back or someone's showing a lot of interest in something, you can talk to them more about that thing. If someone's not leave them alone. Like that's why like segmentation is so important. Right. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of email, it is more like long form information. You have to make sure you're this, like we talk to clients about this all the time and it really is like always educating because Every platform requires a different approach, right? And it really is true. The way you're on social platforms, like namely TikTok versus Instagram, those are different approaches. The way that you're on SMS versus email, different approaches. The way that you have your website versus your social platforms. I mean, that's a big one we talk to people Mm -hmm. about all the time. Your social is not your website. It's just not. You should not have the same approach. The way you talk to people on your website, the way that your content is on your website should not be the same as it is on your social, your SMS, your email, these platforms, they are all it's personalization to your point is so important. And segmentation is so important on these platforms and cadence, you know, you really need to like test and learn your audience and you need to listen to what your audience is telling you. Right. Mm -hmm. Because like, they're the ones trying to buy your product. You're not going to have effective marketing if you're not getting what they're, what they're giving you essentially.
2: Yeah. I think that that's all really spot on. Um, we, we also would say like, you know, if you, at the end of the day, your consumer is the same. You're you, when you're talking about the beginning stages of your marketing strategy and you're trying to, you're trying to define who this customer is, they are the same person, but the platforms are different and the habits and the uses of these platforms are different. So it's not that you're trying to target a different person on these platforms or in these channels. It's just the approach. Mm-hmm. It's how, how a, cons- a consumer uses it. What do they want to see? Yeah. So it's that even just that small example. Example of Instagram and TikTok, it's the same person, but they want to see different things yeah. on both platforms. They're so they're for different use yeah, cases. Yeah, it's really putting that's, I think, one of the things we're always trying to do is put ourselves in the shoes of our brand's consumer and think like they would, mm-hmm. even as simple as when we're writing a caption or a social post. Would we share that? That's the question we always ask ourselves. Yeah.
1: And I think that's also like a place where brands get tripped up. I mean, to, touch on it, like one of the reasons Erica and I partnered was because, well, one of them is because I'm extroverted and I needed a friend. But the (laughs) other reason is because I was, so my background is in, I was in ad sales and sales strategy for large corporations, Turner Entertainment, um, Sony Pictures, Viacom. um, And we were kind of always targeting the millennial audience. So I learned a lot about that audience, but I felt like I really was way more attracted to the integrated marketing side of things. Um, So I ended up leaving and going to a startup called Hello Society, which was an influencer marketing agency. But this was in like 2013. So that was like crazy. Like literally, I remember people at MTV pulling me into their offices, being like, what are you doing? Like you're making a horrible decision. Um, And so I went over there as the director of creative. I was there for almost four years. Loved it. Um, I helped build out. Uh, an internal content studio while we were there because one of the big issues we were having is we had these amazing influencer campaigns and we have these great campaigns and concepts influencer content would be beautiful and then the brand would be like here's our banner ad on our Instagram and we'd be like what is going on this is crazy like that's not how you talk to your your customer on this platform they don't they're not here to see your banner ads right like they're here to like see the lifestyle of your consumer and stuff like that and obviously Instagram was different at that time. You know, uh, one thing about
0: that is in thinking about how founders are really like setting apart, like I see a lot of founders who would just like promote their products and they don't really have a lot to talk about, right? mm -hmm. Like they understand a little bit about their customers, but they're not tapping into a larger message. And i talked to one brand, um, Burlap and Barrel, who they sell spices, single origin mm -hmm. spices, but they talk about just cooking as a holistic thing, like people who love to cook and love to find interesting spices and things to use within there, but it's more general than that. Have you found any con- or brands that you're working with or that you see who are just doing a really good job of like building a larger community and, and talking about their customer beyond their product?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot that we look at and I would say to that point, like that is, again, one of the reasons we partnered because brands need to understand it's not just about, oh, create some pretty content. Or have some product photos and put it on our our stuff right like it really is about like doing the homework of coming up with your strategy coming up with what are your kpis and your kpis might change at different times right so it's like what are your kpis at this time how do you then optimize that when they change so that when you are putting content out there's more to it than just here's our product instead it truly is speaking to that consumer Creating community, giving them value, making them understand you, showing you understand them. I think like a brand that does it really well that we always talk about internally is like Billy Razor. Like they're 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 one of those brands that you like want to be on their platforms because you're just like this is cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I also think like Omsom does it really well. They've created a great community. Yeah. I think. What, um, and like the thread for me with what Kristen's saying is.
2: It's about if you don't already have a super strong culture that you're going to be developing for your brand, because that's really key, that's something we help with because it's part of that discussion of how do you come across it's not just about the product. There's got to be something else that's going to make you stand out. There's far, far too many competitors out there, and the products sometimes don't differ that much. It's more about what do you stand for? What's great about your product? What is mm-hmm. what is your story? I think every time we have this opportunity to layer in the like a founder, it's amazing because, it, and then allowing their 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 community to grow with them to be a part of that journey mm-hmm. to share the struggles to share the celebrations. And I think it's just a really wonderful thing. I think that was something actually earlier in my career, my one of my favorite things to do is to talk about like a brand story. And we try to infuse that into that mix of content, because at the end of the day, it can't just be flat about product, it's got to be layered and diverse and have, you know, aspects that feel more relatable Mm -hmm. and speak to important, um, you know, areas and kind of not being everything for everyone being everything for the right audience. Yeah. That's really something we try and speak to knowing that otherwise you're kind of like, you're you're nothing. You're, you're too many different things. Yeah, (laughs) And
1: the other thing I would honestly say, and like a huge piece of that, that again, like we're kind of always like continually educating brands on is like, there are different formats for different reasons. Right. So like your performance marketing sell, sell away. Your paid ads sell, right? Like have a funnel, but you are selling. That's your goal, right? With your organic content, your social, your, your SMS and email at times, don't go into it, especially your social. Don't go into it with like, I'm here to make sales. That is not why you're there. You are not on social media to make sales. You are using performance marketing to make sales you are creating products and getting in retail maybe to make sales, but you're not on your social media with the number one goal of sales. And if a brand comes to us and says, Oh, cause like, that's something we always have in initial conversations. Like, what's your goal? We really need to know your number one goal as much as possible we will emphasize that if you're going to work with us and you're trying to grow your community on social we are going to suggest things that might make you a little uncomfortable because it's not about you as the founder anymore it really is about like what does your community want on that platform and so there are many times where we've had brands be like oh we want to grow on social we're like okay great here's your calendar for the month here's what we're presenting here's what we what we know will help that KPI of growth. And then they go, oh, there's not enough sales language or I feel like we need to show the product more or should we da, 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 And it's like, you have to really let go of this idea that like you're on Instagram to sell your product. You're on Instagram like to build buy. your community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it doesn't mean you won't sell your product on Instagram and it, obviously people want to know about your product and that's why they're following you. But you need to do it in a way that's like really speaking to your community and audience versus literally making it again, like a web like a website or a banner ad. Like that's not what that's
0: for. I love that. And every platform has a purpose. And I think that's so hard for founders, right? Especially those of the early stages where every dollar they spend, they need to figure out like how it's going to come back around and make the money. Otherwise they might go out of business, right? Like they can't afford necessarily to grow with the awareness up front, but It's so Um, important to understand like the role of each of the platforms so that you can invest your time and your money in the things that are going to make your biggest, the biggest difference. But it's really all about like making the customer, the hero, instead of making like you, the founder, the hero necessarily. Um, So love all those tips and suggestions that we talked about. Um, Any last kind of closing thoughts of like where uh, founders should really focus on for 2022 in their marketing?
1: Definitely first party data and zero party data. I mean, that's like hugely important, obviously. And I think leaning
2: into this new, this new world of, it's not about perfection with your content and it's about, you know, layering in video Mm -hmm. and UGC and finding opportunities to have your more produced content like stand out. But knowing that, It's better to just be real, to connect, to, to have it be more about the culture than it is about, you know, a long-term approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I
1: would say for sure. It's like, stop being so precious. Stop thinking every piece of content is going to like be the thing that makes the difference. It all works together. It's not like, oh my God, if I have this perfect post, that's it for me. No, that's not the way to think about it. It's about showing your personality now. I think like going through the pandemic and the world we're in now, social has changed so much. Marketing has changed so much. And I think a lot of brands feel a resistance toward it because especially ones that have grown during that, like before that time, it's kind of like, well, I grew and this is what I did. It's like, yes, but this is forever changing and it's going to change again and it's not going to stop changing. And so the brands that don't see that and don't jump on the fact that like we need to evolve those are the ones that are going to have I think a really hard time in 2022 and beyond um and I would really say like think from a consumer's perspective when you go on Instagram you're let's say you're a founder I mean we're founders when we go on Instagram I'm not going on to like be sold to if I see something like a product I like awesome but truthfully I'm going on to like give myself a break right? Like I'm going on to be like, I just need a moment to like laugh at something. Or if I find something that I think is interesting and I can share it with my friend, you know, I really think that like coming from that consumer perspective, as opposed to coming from this perspective of being so cautious and so worried that like, you know, it's not the perfect photo you, they have to totally let go of that. Cause people can see totally see right through it now. Mm-hmm. And it's a really, really matter of this like long-term play of like, who are you and why do we care about you? And what are you doing? Yes, I love your product, but like we're now in a stage where I also need to love the personality of your brand. And so I think like really like not being so precious, letting go of that pressure and and showing who you really are.
0: Excellent. Erica, Kristen, thanks so much for being on the podcast today.
1: Thank you thanks so for much, us. Jordan. This is awesome.